With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is Hardwood Handicappers here on Friday, June 2nd. Jonathan Von Tobel, Kelly Bidlin is here. And uh, unlike the last time I was on the air for the Vegas Stats and Information Network, I will not be yelling at Kelly, much like I yelled at Josh Applebaum yesterday. So, Kelly, I know that uh, there was a talk of the town maybe I'm behind the scenes. People, man. Why hey, man. Sure? If you're going to say something that's worth being yelled at for, it's your fault, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you call, you're making waves, man. <laughs> you t- tie my hands. Tie my hands. I don't, if you, you leave me no choice. You leave me no choice. Although I will say the 45-minute Jalen Brown show that broke out yesterday because of the topic was kind of funny. So Okay. <laughs> hey, it's, the Jalen Brown, it, it is an interesting conversation. That's for sure. For NBA offseason stuff, it is an interesting conversation. It is, uh, but not a ton of value on a betting show. So let's talk a little bit about last night. NBA Finals, Game 1 in the books, and the Denver Nuggets grab a 1-0 series lead, 104-93, to in a game in which I would argue, I don't know how you feel, Kelly, that was a little bit more dominant than the final score would really yeah. indicate for the Denver Nuggets. At one point in the fourth quarter, uh, the Miami Heat cut it down to 9, and you're thinking like, okay, here they come. You know, Maybe this is going to be something. Uh, but the Nuggets snuffed that out pretty quickly and just keep them at arm's length and eventually win the game by 11. So I'll just start with you. You know, you take it wherever you want to go. Big takeaway yesterday for you in game one was what? Man, I thought that the the Nuggets just seemed prepared for everything. You know, like the rest versus Russ thing. Like I, we always talked about that, but I think the – I never really was a believer in that with this type of team anyways, just because Mm -hmm. everything funnels through Jokic, right? Like it's the the idea of this offense is to get easy shots, get easy shots at at the rim, get wide open looks, or it's Jokic creating down low. Right. So that is, um, I I think that was the biggest takeaway was they were prepared for everything. We, we had the conversation yesterday and I think at the time it felt a little like like a little, like, okay, we're grasping for straws Mm -hmm. to having conversations about the heat. But I think we were dead on with talking about what was that starting lineup going to look like for the Heat because it was very obvious that Denver was waiting to see that as well. And when they were going to go small, it was Aaron Gordon. You get on someone small, attack the freaking rim. Bro, multiple times. Buckets go to the blind. Multiple times early. He he had a bucket backing down Max Struess and getting to the rim. He had a bucket backing down Gabe Vincent and getting to the rim. You know, and, and it's funny because so he has at one point, I think Gordon scores on Gabe Vincent and Eric Spolstra calls a timeout. And I'm like, OK, this is where we're going to see Kevin Love. Like, oh, this yeah. is where we're going to get big. 
and rolled out the same lineup again. I, he just like wanted to call a timeout to stop it. And I'm not, call, I'm not, you know, I don't dare don't question Eric Spolstra. So but that, I think that, you kind of can today. I, I, I think, think you, you can, can, right? Yep, because that that small lineup got beat up at multiple for, facets throughout that game. Yeah, for for a couple different reasons. I'll say that lineup. And look, I don't know that I'm not going to kill him just for that because I think you're you're trying to roll out what you think are the best five guys to start the game with, just like you did in Boston. I get it, but. I think like you're bringing up, you had times to adjust to that and you never really did. And that happens. And then I also thought like the way you thought the game was going to go with Jokic, like we saw that play out in the fourth quarter. Once the heat started to make adjustments to the easy passes and back cuts that Denver was getting all game, right? They finally started to make adjustments to that and opened up the scoring opportunities for Jokic. I think you might have finished a half point off on your over. But, I'm sorry. Yes, but one point lead for series leader for points. So, ah, there, there you go. go. There yep, you go. Yep. So Bright like, silver lining. Somebody texted me yesterday that, and I go, silver lining in first place <laughs> in terms of point, total points scored. So let's go. Surpassed it. He's got a one point lead. So I was kind of thinking about that. Like, I, if I were you, and, and we'll, we'll have this conversation because I know I did the same thing with some of the player props I made, I would, I would go right back to the well because I think what you saw near the end of that game is likely how the Heat will start things on Jokic next game. And I know people are sitting probably at home being like, yo, Jokic tore them up in the fourth quarter. What are you talking about? But the idea, the idea is, okay, you got to try to match him one, one for one, right? And take away all the easy buckets from everybody else. And I would argue for anybody who would say that to you, I would say, but look what happened in the fourth quarter, right? They, they got back into it a little bit. They got back within nine. And if you're rolling with that strategy for the entirety of the game, maybe you're making this a much closer game than one where Denver goes up big and they kind of coast down the rest of the way. And then when things start to get a little hot, and that's what I thought was so impressive, Kelly, about that, which was real quick, John. Like yeah. I think that that part where they put when they took Jokic out in the fourth quarter, I mean that Denver offense looked lost for those couple minutes. Yep. That was really what yep. Miami kind of climbed back into things and made it real. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're right. And like there was a couple of possessions in the first half where like because what Miami was doing in the first half was all right, we'll play zone, but we'll do it when Jokic is off the court. And there were a couple of possessions where still, you know, Denver did some good stuff, but it wasn't really sustainable. Like one of the buckets they scored was like Jeff Green caught it, like past the free throw line, and then just took his guy in a step and then spun off and hit a jump shot or a hook shot. Like, you know, little things like that where you didn't think that was going to be sustainable. And sure enough, it wasn't. Um, but I think overall, when you're looking at it, maybe over the course of a, like a full game, now you try that strategy and then Nikola Jokic is going to start to score even more. But as long as everybody else is not scoring for you, like that's one of the things that Miami can really hang their hat on, but we'll see. I mean, either way, Kelly, one of the other things too is because one of the thoughts, it's funny. Like I said, I always say, I like how we pick and choose what we like, what we choose to see in certain games. Mm-hmm. And it was very obvious that Max Struess did not have it yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's missing wide open looks and not hitting shots from the corner. There was a, there was a sequence in the second quarter. I think it was, might've been the third where he actually got back to back wide open threes one rimmed out the other hit the front iron like he just didn't have it yesterday and so the takeaway for a lot of people was like oh Miami wasn't hitting open shots well guess what Michael Porter Jr. wasn't hitting open shots either he was what two of 11 from three-point range there were a couple of times I mean the uh dropped his second one with nine minutes remaining in the second quarter not like I was taking uh counting or anything since I had over two and a half that was a brutal freaking beat that was brutal but but like that's the whole point too is at the end of the game and they'll double check this you know, we could talk about, because I think we're going to start to do the whole thing where like, we're trying to build the case for Miami because certain things, yeah, but they actually, yeah. they ended they sh- up with five they shot more made better from three. 
Right, yeah. yeah. They shot better from three, and they made five more three-pointers than the team that led the postseason in three-point percentage. And it goes back to kind of what my main point was going to be here, which was, and you kind of alluded to this, what I thought was impressive about last night was when the heat starts to get turned up. This is the figurative heat, not like the actual heat. And they cut it to a nine-point game. Michael Malone and the Nuggets essentially take a deep breath and go, guys, we know how to work this zone. We've been working on it. We've had many times that we've had a lot of time to work on it. Let's do what we do. And sure enough, what do they do? Nine-point game turns into 16 real quick, and they just kind of coast the rest of the way in the last two minutes, and they they win that game. That's what I was impressed about most. You and could easily collapse. Jokic. Yep, Every, everything every, ran through it. Unless Jamal Murray had a mismatch, right? But everything yep. was running through Jokic and during that span. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Yeah, it was it was an impressive showing, and so like it's it's a weird way to say it because when you're looking at it, you're like the only one by was at eleven or whatever, and they looked terrible in the fourth. Nah, I was impressed. I was impressed yeah. wildly with what they were able to pull off there, man. It no, was, me and, too. And it goes to what you talked about, right? You you struggle to find the pros and the cons and everything, and like you kind of saw it yesterday for Miami, they were a little up against it. Yeah, the uh, yeah, I mean a couple other things. I, I think it's really interesting to see how Miami adjusts here going forward because it's like, look, I don't think we can be. Like I let's not be scared to be critical of Eric Spolstra. Like I think that is I think you could be critical of some of the things he some of the decisions he made last night. And I love him as a player, JVT. And he he really might be dealing with more of a serious injury than we know about, right? But Jimmy Butler, because of the amazing thing he does in the playoffs, whenever he has a bad game, boy, do we just like to not like bring it up at all. Bro. You know what I mean? This is it's amazing how like we just like, we build excuses for a guy like this. LeBron does this. We kill him. We kill him for having a game like this. And it's not even – and I you know, I don't even want to kill Jimmy Butler, but to your point, if LeBron James – Kelly, how many times – and I think it's when they were down by nine. Like, Jimmy Butler had, like, two or three wide-open looks that if he wanted to just lift and put up a shot, like, it would have been nearly uncontested. Yep. And he's, like, passing out of them – you know, he's not really being as aggressive. At the very least, you could take a dribble and get to the rim. Like, and, and I think it goes back to, because this is why I say I don't want to kill him. What, have I, what do I keep saying? I don't think he's healthy. Like, I just don't think he's healthy. Because I think a, a naturally aggressive Jimmy Butler is when he catches, there was a sequence in the fourth quarter where he catches it like near the elbow and nobody's around him. Mm-hmm. And he actually takes a dribble and kicks it to the corner. And I was like, what are you doing? And, and he got in that same possession. He got it twice and turned open, turned off open looks. And I don't know if maybe he wasn't looking to score or whatever it was, I but it was odd to see that mode. I think yeah. he does get into that mode where it's more regular season, Jimmy Butler and not like, Hey man, I'm the only guy on this freaking team that can score by himself. Right? Like uh, 18% usage rate last night, lowest mark in the postseason for him. Only yep. eight drives to the basket, eight drives to the basket, the entire game, uh, entire game. They only shot two free throws. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of what you saw in Miami last night of what we criticized Boston for, right? It's the, hey, man, you got to, the way your team is built, you got to make threes or you got to get to the, or at least try to get to the dang rim, right? Like you're, you're getting, you're making nothing, nothing easy at the rim or getting to the free throw line and you're, and you're missing threes. This is never going to work if you're not doing one of the two well. Oh, well, and by the way, um, we should note too, because I know we're going to a lot of places, but we're talking a little bit more about Miami. Eric Sprolstra, I will say, like, you know, I do, I, he, I think he's deserving of some criticism. And one of the adjustments we made, which is why, like, he deserves some credit because I guess cold blooded is a way to put it. Caleb Martin, I don't care if you almost won Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Yeah. Right, yeah. You're not providing anything for us today. We're like, sorry, Haywood Highsmith is getting more minutes. 
And guess what? He's six seven, and he can rebound. He can do some stuff. We had he ended up with like eighteen points yesterday. I think like we we got to go in that range. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Caleb Martin experiment's done, and now Haywood Highsmith is like the guy for them. Hey, we tried to say it yesterday. I, yeah. I, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. It's, you hey, need size. Just, be, just because he was great in one series doesn't mean that's going to equate to him being great in the next. Where matchups are completely different. You've been the guy who's been harping on that more than anything this entire postseason about matchups make these series, and especially with the Miami Heat, they are like they're Miami Heat are a deep team, right? With with the with as far as the guys they are willing to play. Right. Like they're not deep as far as like super talent, I think, but they are deep as far as the guys are willing to play. So if someone's not working, you know, Struce missing shots, right. If, if uh, Duncan Robinson's missing shots, Caleb Martin, like Spoh's not going to, he's not going to wait around to make that, that adjustment. You're right. So I think it's, again, I think Caleb Martin, I think you can, I don't see, here's where I think he gets lucky. JVT. If you're looking at player props, I think you don't go, I don't think you're betting unders on him. Because I think, think Struess and Robinson looked so much, they looked even worse yesterday that I See, think one of them gets minutes cut before he does. I would, I, my rebuttal would be that I think that Max Struess is a good enough three point shooter or has built up enough cachet as a three point shooter that you're willing to extend the leash on his struggles more than you would with a guy like Caleb Martin. Like Caleb Martin, yeah, awesome, awesome series against Boston. We appreciate it. But this is not – we know that this was a flash in the pan that helped us get through. Max Struess has done this before for us for a while, and we're willing to do it. You, you know what I mean? Like, no, Max no, Struess didn't I, need Jay Cole to call us and get him on the team. Right, you know, it's right. a great story, but we understand no, I, him. I, I, tend I, agree, I tend to agree with you, but I think it's – if you have Struess and Robinson, and I'm think of, I think I'm talking more about Robinson because you're right. Yeah. Struess has kind of earned it at this point. But, like, if you, you can't have those two out there going a combined one for 14 from three, right? Like, yep. then you're not helping us at all. Like, Duncan Robinson, we already know. It's not like he's going to go out there and play lockdown defense. So, I, I'd rather have a Caleb Martin who can create his own shot on the court still instead of a guy who's kind of a pure catch-and-shoot kind of player like Duncan Robinson is. So, I, yeah. I think it's really interesting to see the adjustments they make, but – yeah, like you said, I know we're talking a lot like, about the heat right now, but this is going to be this whole series, right, man? Like, this this is, be, this well, just you, just how they're going to figure it out, like what they're yeah. going to do to figure out the puzzle that's in front of them, and, and it's going to make it fascinating. It's one of the se- reasons why I was excited for this series, you know, because this is the stuff we like to talk about, you know, you, like you got to figuring... play Kevin Love, dude. You got to. Like, so I know, I know it's brutal to think about, but you have to. Yeah, that's going to be the next question. I'm assuming we're going to see some Kevin Love minutes in the next game. I would assume that's the case. I'd also assume that's why, to your point. I actually kind of want to bet Caleb Martin unders because I think he's still going to get in the game, but he's going to not have anywhere near the role. And the market, at least yeah. early on, is still going to be it, really inflated. randy. Yep. Yeah. About it is. It. No, no, that's that's where it's the only way I would bet that. If you're betting it, still it has to be unders on Caleb Martin. But it's, <laughs> John, I was like kind of thinking more, more about this last night. And it's, man, it feels like a Pat Riley needing to grab Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry and be like, look, guys. I need, like, if we're going to get this, if we're going to possibly win this, I need a couple games out of each of you that looks something like well, near your prime of where you guys were at. Like, Kevin Love, you were a double-double machine for the bulk of your career in the NBA. I, I need something like that out there. And I will say, I mean, I think I'll be fair. I mean, part of the reason why they cut it down to nine in the fourth quarter is Kyle Lowry, give him credit. Like, they started oh, dropping... They were yeah, dropping really great. far on that on that pick and roll. Like Jokic was, and he was like, "All right, like I'll I'll just hit some mid range jumpers." He ended up yep. with eleven points, four or seven. But to your overall point, 
then it's like, all right, let's get more aggressive then and, and hit those shots with consistency, not just in yes. one game where you're down by 16. Like we need you to kind of do this throughout the series and, and we'll see if that's going to be the case. And can you push him to like 30 minutes, right? 30 plus minutes, yep. something in that range. I don't know. I don't know, but I think that's where with both those guys, you got to find that minutes, whatever minutes you can get the best efficiency out of them. Right. But yep. like, I don't, I don't believe that both of them, and you're right, Lowry, I shouldn't be clumping together with love, but I think it's important for both of them, but both of them to play at a higher level than what they're currently playing after this team. By the way, I got the moment that I wanted yesterday. It was just, it's a small moment, but it makes me, it makes me happy inside. There was a moment where just like we thought, I think it was on one of the Michael Porter made threes, but Kyle Lowry was like the closest defender. And like, you could see that he went to contest and he's like, I'm six feet tall. Like, what am I really going to do to disrupt this shot from a dude at 6'10 jumping to make a jump shot? Like, I'm not. So you could see he like takes a step to contest and he kind of puts his arm halfway up and he's like, nah, there's no point. Like, I'm just no going to be, I'm going to be contesting his groin. And like, there's going to be no point whatsoever in trying to do this. So I thought it was very funny. Um, oh, man. It is. Right, hey, uh... Go ahead. It is fine. It's just, I think it's like we were laughing on a numbers game yesterday because we're kind of previewing the preview of the game of the series. Because me and Drew Dinzik, like in back to back segments, are like basically said the same thing of like, I know this is going to sound really basic, but like this team is just too big and it's going to be an issue at nope. so many positions. And my God, was that the case last night, right? Like it is just, you're bigger everywhere. It's not just Jokic versus Bam or like Aaron Gordon versus Jimmy Butler, right? You're bigger at every position. So I, I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a real tough. This is gonna be a real tough, uh, tough series for the Miami Heat, I think. But again, I like I raged about yesterday. They got past Milwaukee and Boston. Why the hell shouldn't I think they could be they could be a, a fight in this series? No. So, all right, let's take our break. On the other side, actually, we have talked about every, I would say every Heat player, but one. And I do think he deserves his time. And also, what I thought would be the strategy for Nikola Jokic might actually be Denver's strategy for Bam at a bio. We'll discuss on the other side. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Kelly, Bam at a bio. 
40 minutes, 26 points, 13 rebounds, 13 to 24 shooting. Uh, the best player on the floor. I don't think there's any question uh, for the Miami Heat. Outside of the other guy we didn't talk about, Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent yeah. was very good. And it was actually, it's funny, if you were to watch, if you were to, Gil does this stuff all the time. So I'll, I'll use a Gilism, if you will. Mm-hmm. If you were to take some aliens in their first time on the planet and bring them into Ball Arena last night and show them that game, they'd say that it's Gabe Vincent and Bam at a bio that the team's built around, huh? Gabe Vincent's awesome. I, like, I love he is. him. I, he is quickly becoming one of my favorite. But, like, I mean, on the offensive side, right? And, like, yes. I mean, obviously his height's an issue. Like, I yes. mean, they picked on him so much on that side of the ball. But, yeah, I, he was – he was awesome, and and Bam was amazing. Bam was amazing. I know. I and I'll let you get into it, but I think the I do think that was one of the few mistakes Denver made la- last night. Of at least, I understand the def- the defense they were throwing out there, but for a guy that had struggled offensively so much the past few games, I think re- letting him find a rhythm last night might be dangerous. See, that's what I think is that's what I was going to get to. But what if that is the strategy? So, like, you're watching him last night, and, like, you look through the box score, and you watch what happened yesterday, and you're like, you know what? What what world – I'll ask you – I'll put it this way. In these two scenarios that I'm about to give you, what do you think would be the highest probability that the Heat win this game, okay? Is it game one, where Jimmy Butler has 24-plus shot attempts, and Bam Adebayo has 12 to 14? Or is it game two, where Bam Adebayo has 24-plus shot attempts, and Jimmy Butler has 10 to 14? Game one with Jimmy with right. more. <laughs> I know it's, I know it's confusing, but essentially what I'm saying is what I'm saying is the I think the Nuggets took the strategy that I thought the Heat were going to use against Jokic, yes. but then used it themselves, which was all right. Yes. Screw this. Let's just let Bam at a bio hit floaters and jump hooks and finish at the rim and get second chance points because in the world of probabilities, we have a higher probability if Bam at a bio is the main offensive outlet than we do if Jimmy Butler's able to get off, get his, and do all of that. And it speaks to, too, by the way, Kelly, you know, the Heat were kind of bitching about it a little bit yesterday, but the free throw discrepancy. They only got two free throw attempts, right, yesterday, I think was the thing. And it's because, one, Jimmy Butler was not pushing the issue as well as we know he can. And, two, they were living with those pick and rolls that the Heat were running. They were fine. Like, Jokic was meeting him at the level because they didn't want him to hit three-point shots. And they were like, if we lose with Bam Adebayo scoring 35 points, if that even happens – then so be it. But I think I'd rather go down on the ship. And I kind of think that's what Denver did yesterday. So I, I mean, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I read it the same way. Like the way we talked about how we thought Miami was going to play Jokic. Right. I thought it was kind of immediately obvious. Like, Oh, this is what Denver's doing with Miami. I just think it was, I don't think you needed to play that card yet. Like I would have, I would have made like, if you know a guy's struggling as much offensively as Bam Adebayo was, Man, I'm playing different a different defense until they make me until they make me kind of get switch over to that. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Me, Jimmy Butler, make me change to that, right? Like you know, some of these other guys make me change that because I, I mean, I don't think they need to be too too worried. Obviously, I think people know where 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 I lie as far as my feelings with the series and the Miami Heat. But like, right. I you're rolling the dice, letting a star find get easy shots, right, and finally find a rhythm where he looked completely lost the past couple games yeah no i understand that it'll be interesting to see what the adjustment is going to be i would assume too we play this game all the time uh but when you put voice to the fact that you weren't happy with the foul calls generally you see a little bit of a spike when it comes to the foul calls the other direction so we'll see if that's actually going to be the case but i also think as i mentioned you know jimmy butler and heat do deserve some criticism there 
if you're not forcing action within the bag within four feet in the paint yeah yeah exactly that's a good straight that's a great point eight drives how are you as a team going to get to the free throw line if you're only driving to the basket eight times like that's those are two things that don't compute i don't think you get to complain about it right yeah like what are we what are we complaining about the refs missed fouls on jump shots and stuff like no they know like that come on man like if we're gonna argue about we we could argue about some NBA fouls and how ridiculous they are. Referees are pretty dang good, though, about getting fouls on jump shots, right? You know what I mean? They're yep. pretty damn obvious. <laughs> All right, so with that, game two, uh, right now, eight and a half. Totals down to 214 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked with, uh, you know, on a numbers game with Gil and you earlier today. One, that's one of the things that I have circled, and Tim Murray texted me about this yesterday. So we're talking about a four and a half point adjustment, four point adjustment off of where we were for game one. And my case that I brought up to you guys that I brought to Tim too was, you know, two days off in between games, you know, you're going to use that time if you're Miami to get your lungs acclimated to like, you know, the altitude and doing all that kind of stuff. I do, I do, I do think it negates the home court a little bit, two days in between games. Mm-hmm. Is there a shot where Miami who is playing the team that is one of the worst in terms of transition defense off of live rebounds that Miami is going to start ripping and running a little bit more. They only had a frequency of 9% in that mm-hmm. game. In other words, 9% of their live rebounds, their, tra- their possession started with a transition play. That's really low when you're taking on Denver. Like you've got to push that a little bit higher and you're and keep her capable of doing it. Go back to Phoenix. When they, when Phoenix was doing it back in Phoenix against the, uh, the nuggets, they were, remember, I think it was at 40% of their possessions. One of the times, yeah, one of the games lot, there yeah. that they were running off of live rebounds, you got to do it. And I think you see a little bit more of that in game two. I think that's probably another adjustment. I would think so too. It's just, it's not something that we tip we've typically seen a ton from, from the Miami heat though, throughout the season. That that's the only thing, but But can I really quickly interject? That's why I brought up Phoenix because Phoenix was one of the slowest teams and lowest transition frequency teams in the regular season, but they were willing to change in that series against Denver. And I think you've got to be willing to do that. If you know, again, adjust, you become a little uncomfortable and I think the heat would be willing to do that. I, I think I think you're right, and the, you know the thing I was going to say was just you do have the players, you know. What I mean, it's not right. like especially Gabe Vincent in the lineup. Like you got a speedy point guard like Jimmy Butler, like that allows him more opportunities. Haywood Highsmith's going to be part of it now too. He's right. springy yeah. and athletic. Yep. So yeah, no, I'm with you. I think they need to they'll need to focus more on that. Um, I think that like look, we're talking if we're talking bets for this game, the total is very interesting to me because I, I know where you're going with that. Look, the shooting percentage is low. You would expect them to yep. be higher, especially from three-point land for everybody. I think, yes, if Miami's going to be more competitive, there needs to be more transition, more of a transition game. All I'm going to say, though, JVT, is I don't think I can get there on an over till I see it. After watching yeah. that game last night, because the possessions are still, I mean, we're still below possessions. average. Yeah, we're still below average possession-wise. Like, I... And we kind of talked about this yesterday when we were talking about the total kind of for game one, where we kind of had no idea where I still lean so heavily to the Denver side that if this becomes blowout territory, I, you know, I think that that uh, tends to go more to the under. So I, I think I need to see it first. I, and I, and I was, Gil was pressing me about it on the show today. I really wasn't giving him an answer. Cause I'm like, I think well, I need to see it in game two. And then I can translate some things over to Miami when we go there. And I will say again, I, I do think that we're we're again probably. I don't think it's a strong here, but I will say I think the result does correlate to Miami covering. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you're if you're thinking the game is going over, that means better shot making from both yes. teams, yes. But that also means more efficiency for Miami's offense as a whole because overall the Denver Nuggets, while they didn't shoot as well, their offensive efficiency in that game was much better at one twelve point one compared to one hundred and two point two for Miami. 
So in this world that I'm discussing, my I would also put myself more on the Miami side from a point spread perspective because I think they're going to run a little bit more. The shooting's going to be better on both ends, and their overall efficiency is going to get a lot better. So I think those are all core. I think there's a small correlation to the over and Miami covering that game on Sun- I, Sunday, I, right? Yes, yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday at uh, 8 Eastern, 5. Sunday, so- Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. Get down to the used car. <laughs> uh, the uh, I agree with you. I think that – let me put it this way. Game one pregame bet was what was, I think, the biggest pregame bet I've made this entire postseason on Denver. Ooh, I don't have – Little misty have, down the stretch, huh? Ooh, it got tight. It got tight, especially <laughs> since I had my I also had Michael Porter Jr. over two and a half threes, makes yeah, the second tough. one at nine minutes left in the second quarter, and then lays enough bricks to build a damn house. Me and you uh, both. Uh, oh, Jokic. I mean, he was ten to twelve at the free throw line, but I was like, God, just make one of them. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I don't, you know, those last that last possession, right? Where in a Gills text me, he's like, eleven point lead here, buddy. He's like, you got to be sweating. I'm like, all right, you know what? The worst I can do is a push. But then Denver has that inbounds play, right? Porter, Porter yep. in the corner. I'm like, oh, finally, one time, make it. No nope, brick. Miami Heat out and running. Um, anyways, game two, I'm I'm with you. I think I still lean Nuggets overall, but man, I wouldn't do anything pre. I'm not doing anything pre-game. I'll maybe look Denver live. But yeah, man, I think that there are, I think there are adjustments to be made on the Miami side, and if things work out, um. I think they're still live. There's no reason for us to think they shouldn't be live. And I'm with, like, I'm with you. If we see this, the tempo and the total pick up, it probably leans more to the Miami side of things. Yeah. Um, and, and, and when we talk adjustments, JVT, like I, what the hell does Denver have to adjust to until you like, you got to beat this team before they're going to do anything. This rotation set, it is pretty tough, obvious of how they're going to utilize guys. Um, I don't think any of that's going to change till they lose a game. Yeah. But even take I, a couple games. Actually, so I did, you know, I have this Denver minus one and a half. I did yeah. last night add a little bit to Denver in a sweep. Okay. After watching that yesterday. Yeah. I, I do think that that's, after watching what that happened yesterday, like you always say, you know, you want to see it. And I saw it yesterday. I was like, you know what? That's that's worth adding a little bit more. So uh, the, the, only, talking about it. the only thing is for me with that is I'm personally, I'm, person, I'm personally not trying to overreact to that last night because that was the whole reason I made them as big of a bet as I did, right? As I thought Denver was going to look damn good in that game one and kind of dismantle them. And, you know, hey, if it's not for that fourth, like that fourth quarter in those Jokic minutes, like every one of those possessions felt huge to me yeah. when Jokic was off the court because it was that Denver offense. It was only a stretch of two or three minutes, but it was – Jamal Murray basically yelling at guys. They had no idea what to do. They weren't organized at all. It led to poor shots, some turnovers, and easy baskets for the Heat. And just make this Miami team work, man. Like, that's all you got to do. Like, make them work. So really quickly, because I got to get out of here, get ready for yeah. chart money. Um, so a couple of points that we, I wanted to leave with the, the audience too. And as we kind of, you know, expand on everything. Uh, first off, as we mentioned, Nikola Jokic, one point lead in terms of uh, total points for the series. So that there was good go. for him. Uh, how about this? One name we did not bring up, Gabe Vincent with the lead in terms of three-pointers made for the series. Five of no. ten from three-point range. So Gabe Vincent with a, a good shot at taking that. In terms of total rebounds for the series, a tie. Michael Porter with 13 rebounds, along with Bam at a bio. So that would be a meaty plus price if that actually happens. Um, And then, of course, assist leader for the series. uh, Right now, it would be Nikola Jokic with 14 assists in that game. Not a surprise. Uh, We talked about that yesterday. He's probably going to take a bunch of these categories, but worth updating. And finally, looking at tomorrow, player prop-wise, as we hit on a couple, Kelly, Caleb Martin under points, I think is definitely something worth looking at. 
uh, just because I do think he's going to play, but his minutes are going to get cut into because they need a guy like Haywood Highsmith. Maybe even Kevin Love uh, makes an appearance and eats into those minutes for Caleb Martin. But I think the Caleb Martin thing is uh, is gone. And I will say the last point, dare I say this, if the Miami Heat win this series, I don't want to say it. I don't even know where you're going. Otherwise, I'd say it. Do we bet Gabe Vincent to win finals MVP? Oh, snap. <laughs> no, I don't think we've had I'm not ah, betting. Come on. Okay, <laughs> but I understand where you're going. I mean, hey, he was quickly great. Becoming, he's quickly becoming a Miami Heat legend and one of my favorite players, he's, like, ever. I mean, he's going to be this. He's going to be this series, Caleb Martin. I just can't. I can't imagine. I'm looking at adjusted odds. for Hold, hold on. For points leader, Jokic to minus 130. Murray yep. plus 165. Uh Three pointers made Murray minus one fifteen. Gabe Vincent plus one ninety five. Porter now plus three thirty, which does still better than the price I got. Or still not as good as the price I got. So that's good. Oh really? Yeah, I got plus three eighty. That's before interesting. The, yeah, before it started. So that's an interesting make, adjustment then. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got two bets already in for game two. I did play. I went right back to Porter over two well, and a half threes. Um, really quickly because I think you find yeah. that adjustment interesting. Remember, it did close like plus two fifty. So oh, like yeah, there was a right. yeah there that's was a right. massive move on it yeah. yeah never mind that makes more yeah. sense then um I played Porter, got better <laughs> yeah right I played Porter over over his threes and then I played Porter I played Porter over points and rebounds I mean right. obviously those those are heavily correlated but uh, over twenty four and a half points and rebounds I think he's just I think what we saw out of him last night is going to be a lot of what you see about from Michael What's, Porter in this series hopefully he just make some damn threes. What what are his odds? Did you say it? I'm sorry. What are what are Porter's odds to lead the series in rebounds? 25 to 1. He's in a, dude, that might be what <laughs> seriously like he's 6'10 yeah, leaping yeah. over like 6'5 guys. He's already got 13. Like that's that might be something still worth it at 25 to one. Okay. So it's, I, you know what? I think you found something here because th- I, this is where I'm going to use the same logic where that drew brought up. Dinzik brought up about the three, about him leading, uh, leading with, what was it? Threes. Mm-hmm. I, no, no. Leading was leading the series and scoring. I think is what okay. he had brought up because he, he pointed out like, Hey, if it's a sweep, right. If it's four, if it's five, right, right, right. a couple big games from him, goes a long way. So I actually, I'm going to use that logic for this market, right? Total rebounds. He's already got one massive game under his belt. I think yep. he found something there, JVT. I think that's a bet. That's 25 a bet. to one. That's for a guy that's in the lead right now for it. And who's 6'10", matching up with 6'5", guys. Like, that's a bet. Yeah, it is. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Friendship. I mean, market. you already got, so what's the lead he has on? So it's like a tie. A- so he's got 13, he had 13 rebounds. Bam at a bio had 13 as well. Okay, but he's got a three-rebound lead on Jokic, right? Yeah, three-rebound lead on Jokic. No other player besides those three had double-digit rebounds. I think 25 to 1 is a bet. That's a bet. Yeah, it's totally I like it. I like it. It's only a bet, though, if you think like me and JVT, that you think this is only going five five games or less. Right, yep, for sure. The longer it goes out, the lesser chance we have. But the fact that he had that game and it could be short, might be. I like it. I like it. Stumbled onto a good one here at the end. All right. With that, got to run, got to ski daddle, as they say. Like, rate, review, subscribe, and uh, we will talk to you on Monday. Actually, Saturday, we get reunited. We weren't going to be together on Saturday, but Live Bet Saturday will be the old school crew of myself, Kelly Bill, and Brian Ortega. And uh, I'm going out to a fancy dinner tonight. That'll be right up Ortega's alley, so we can talk about that tomorrow on the show. How about that, huh? 
Where are you going to be at go. tonight? Where, where huh? are you going? Where are you going? Uh, me and the old lady are hitting up uh, Circa. We're going to go down to Berries and, you know. Do nice. Stuff, so. There you go. If you're in the area, let's, uh, let's grab some drinks. Yeah, I'll give you a buzz, buddy. All right. All right. Kelly, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And for everybody listening, we'll talk to you on Monday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.